Cliff is off this afternoon working, and uh, Mac won't be joining us today. He's still a little more comfortable in his seat. So let's um, go ahead with our leaders leading us in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the service this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for just your word going out, Lord, and the praise going out, Lord. We pray that you would just build this church, Lord. We saw some guests this morning, Lord. We pray that you would just continue to add to our number, Lord, those who are being saved and being challenged to be part of your church, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just help us, Lord, as we go out there to um, talk to people about joining the church, Lord, that we would um, challenge those who say they believe in God to see whether they believe in Jesus Christ, Lord. And challenge those who say that they believe in you, Lord, but see what church they are faithful to, Lord, so that we would challenge them to obey your word, Lord. So help us to continue to push your word and your truth, Lord, and that will build your church. In your name we pray. Amen. Lord, just thank you for the challenge that went out this morning through the pastor's message regarding um, talking to believers we may not necessarily think that we should get along with, Lord, um, but that how we should seek to endeavor that unity in the spirit, Lord, with that common bond being Christ, Lord. I think especially of that challenge to myself is there are many people who um, I might avoid just to not talk to them, Lord, and not have to deal with the differences in our personalities. Um, I thank you for the conviction that came upon me this morning for doing so, Lord. Um, I might just ask that you just challenge each one of us who have somebody in our mind that uh, we may avoid, that we don't think that we should uh, necessarily have that close relationship with, Lord, to seek that person out and build that relationship, um, and continuing to keep the uh, unity of the Spirit in mind as we do so. Um, I just thank you for Brian in Sunday school this morning, Lord. It was a pleasure to hear um, the message that came through that. I think about all the lessons I can take back and teach to some of the guys at my job, Lord. Um, it's been a, a different uh, challenge that's been coming up week after week revolving around the same, um, the same uh, challenge, and that is how can I continue to sin as a Christian, Lord? I think about the people who see that as a, uh, just the opposition to their faith, Lord, and just thinking about the difficulties that come up with talking about the subject of falling as a believer, Lord. I just thank you for just opening my eyes to some of the understanding that I didn't have prior to the message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, continuing in prayer, I just want to lift up um, a lot of those who aren't able to be with us due to health issues and those who are just with us and struggling with um, different ailments. We ask that you continue to just um, be with those people, um, heal their broken bodies, and um, just help bring them through this trial. We know that you have allowed this to happen for your reasoning, and it is a trial, and we, we know as they go through it that their hope is in you, and we ask that you continue to strengthen that and continue to use them to reach out to those that they are with. And just, we ask that, if it be you will, you give them a speedy recovery, that they can be a part of our services again and be a part with us again. Um, we thank you for those who are um, going through different um, ailments that are here, Lord, um, that are able to make it. I think of Beverly here this morning, and um, we ask that you continue to just um, strengthen her, help her through that. Um, and then just the little things, little sicknesses and <coughs> things that just help us lose a step during the day. We ask that you just continue to just be with those people. We know that you are in control of everyone's health and that you can um, use it for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. We thank you, Father, for our visitors this morning. We thank you for those who just took a special effort to invite others. I think of Jamar and the couple that he invited in today. Um, and we think of Janice and the uh, co-worker that she invited in. We pray, Lord, that you would speak uh, to the hearts of the, those visitors and that you would allow us to encourage and to challenge them to, uh, to listen to your word and obey it. 
we um, thank you for our um, Walkie Rescue Mission men's uh, ministry on Saturday and thanking you, Lord, for um, just placing um, individuals to work in that ministry, um, uh, mostly men, but Chantel as well, and just giving uh, these men the uh, opportunity and the, the spirit to uh, talk to the men who come up to uh, talk after the message uh, yesterday. We pray that you'll guide hearts. We thank you for seeing uh, men. Um, uh, for, I think of Jeff, who's been here now uh, two months since uh, we last saw him at a, uh, at a Saturday meeting there. And he's been uh, consistent. We thank you for that. We pray, Lord, that you just guide hearts of men like that to uh, change their lives and draw them to Christ and draw them to be faithful and serving here at this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. goes along with the message this morning. Victory in Jesus. He says, I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Tonight, I have some questions in front of me, and uh, we're going to go into those questions and uh, answer them with some discussion to... Uh, to help us along. And I think the discussion really, um, really helps us in thinking biblically. Not just a yes or no answer, but um, what are some of the factors and what are things that we should consider in Scripture so we might live a life that's pleasing to Him. And this one I picked out because it goes along with the message this morning even though it's been written some time ago. It says this, Is it okay not to get along with someone at church because of a personality difference? There are people that I would rather not work with because their personality is drastically different than mine. I don't know if I would consider it a sin issue, uh, but more of a preference. All right. Understand that question? Is it okay to not get along with someone at church because of a personality difference? Let me answer it this way. What if that person was your husband or your wife? What would you do? Exactly. Exactly. Instead of just avoiding them. Avoiding them is not the answer. Uh, not when God calls you to work together and he calls you in the church to work together. And so... I believe God throws some things at us to challenge us, and we think it's the other person with the problem. And yeah, they may have a problem. It may be an issue. It may be a personality difference. That difference may border on um, um, sin. It may border on, on wisdom, discretion. I don't know why they have to do that. That, I, that bothers me when they do that. And maybe it, that should bother you, but you still have to get along with them. One of the things that I think that um, we, we don't always do or we don't like to do, and that is address issues in a proper way and then deal with the issue after we've addressed it. Let me, let me say why I say it that way. 
We definitely don't like, or we try as much as possible to avoid confrontation or devoid, avoid a direct um, conflict with the person. And so we'd rather not work on the same group with them or whatever, just so that we avoid that conflict. But it may be that conflict that God is using to sharpen us or to use us or to, um, to help us. So um, that, that may be something that we need to do. Um, I shouldn't even say maybe. Um, um, we certainly need to use wisdom in, in our situations, but um, avoiding is not just, not always necessarily the right thing to do. After having said that, there is a forbearance issue that I think we have to learn as well. Um, that, uh, you know, certain things that people do might just bother you. You know, I don't like the way he clears his throat. Um, and he seems to always do that in a microphone. <coughs> and that bothers me. Okay. All right. Well, it's one of those things that bothers you. On what scale should that be? That I don't interact with that person because of that. Um, so I have things, you have to realize, we all have things that, that can get at, at another person. And we have to, that's part of working together, is forbearing uh, with the idiosyncrasies or the different the differences that, that come. Now, the question asked about personality differences, um, and I get the impression that some of these are borderline um, sinful. Um, and I think that's where we have, to, we have to recognize, is that something I should address? And if I should address, well, what spirit should I address it in? And what situation should I address it in? Um, one of my issues is that we tend to um, go to one extreme or another. Um, we, we call it um, passive-aggressive, where you ignore something, ignore something, ignore something, and all of a sudden, you know, you just get the tip of the scale, and you've had it, and you just basically fire off and go off. Neither one of those is a, an, a, an appropriate behavior for dealing with uh, situations or, or building, may, may I should say it this way, building a healthy relationship. If I have in mind I want to build a healthy relationship, um, then I have to go to that individual in a spirit of humility and in a spirit of, of, uh, uh, of love and address what needs to be addressed, leave alone what doesn't need to be addressed, and then let the Lord deal with it. <coughs> so I asked the question, what if that person was a spouse and you don't think that person is going to change that particular behavior? How do you deal with it? What do you do? Um, what should you do? In a, in a comical sense, I, I wonder if we could see the interaction of Jesus with his disciples. I bet there were some disciples that just, just kind of irk you. Peter seems like one of those to me, just always opening his mouth when he shouldn't. Um, he, he's stepping in it, and, and sometimes I feel like Jesus is like, yeah, got you, Peter. See, you, you should have been quiet there. You, you always got to say something. Um, but how does Jesus deal with that? And we don't always get that insight from Scripture, but certainly we know that Jesus had to deal with those kind of things too. And I think one of the issues I talk about forbearance in the message today was um, 
don't don't make bigger things uh, don't don't make a big something out of something that doesn't have to be a big something. Um, sometimes we have to deal with the the bees flying around uh, and e- even stinging us because we have more a more important job at t- at hand to to really uh, give to. So, having said that. <coughs> Um, let's get some discussion on that. Do you have any, any questions? Have you dealt with something like that? I'm sure you have. Um, and how are, how are you learning how to deal with that? Andy? Okay, um, I think one thing to think about too, and I, you said it in your message pretty well that kind of hit home to me when you were talking about um, your, your shoes and your brother, you're like, brother, better not touch my shoes, but you give it to a complete stranger. And I think sometimes we do like that with at work, where we deal with stupid people all day and we so long suffering with them. And then I come home, my kids do one thing, and I'm like, ah! You know, and it's like sometimes it's figuring out, like, why am I, why is this upsetting me with something little? And in the, and in, in the example of the question is like, what, what is this person doing that makes me angry? Why does this make me angry? And figuring out that reasoning. And then usually once you can identify that, you can identify like why it's upsetting you. You know, like in the thing with my kids, it's like sometimes my kids set me off easier because I expect more out of them, but I don't expect out of someone dumb at work. You know, and it's like knowing that, you're like, okay, they didn't do nothing wrong, just let it go. You know, and the same thing with some people at work, you're like, they dumb, just let them go. (laughs) You know, so it's just figuring out why it's setting you off. Sometimes you can find it's not something that big of a deal and it's easier to kind of figure out how to deal with that person and be able to have a fellowship with that person. That's a good point. That's a good point. Forbearance is, is part of that. Brother Duane. Um, I want to say, first of all, you got to go into it with a right attitude. Right attitude always seems to smooth things out. Praying to the Lord Jesus Christ and asking him to be in that conversation with, so it can balance out. Because there's been times that I didn't talk to people and I didn't like what they said. I could have flew off the handle. But no, because of the attitude, and like you said, Pastor, forbearing what you preached this morning, being forbearing of that brother or that sister, keeps you in the right attitude to be able to talk to people in a way that you should talk to them. Mm -hmm. Everybody got a respectable point, but we got to learn how to respect that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we respect the person, whether we agree with the point or not. I think another thing we have to keep in mind is this. Um, Sister Ruby has a hand for a mic. one of the things to keep in mind is this. My expectation that God changed that person for my sake, for my comfort, is a wrong expectation. God may not change that person. Maybe your boss, he's, oh, I wish I had a different boss. We're, we're basically asking God to make our world more and more comfortable just so we feel better in it. He doesn't always do that. And he puts us sometimes in difficult situations um, so that 
we will grow in our character and we will grow more and more like Christ. So it's kind of like the little kid praying, Lord, you know, um, I pray I won't, the bullies at school won't take advantage of me today or they won't bother me today. Well, they may, so you learn how to deal with that. <laughs> that may not go away that easy. I pray it don't rain because I don't want to get wet today. Well, <laughs> that's an unrealistic expectation. You live in an evil world, you're going to have evil. More pray that God to help you in learning how to deal with that. What's my response that I should be? We often, change, we often pray that God would change the other person instead of strengthening us or giving us wisdom for how to deal with a, uh, a disruptive or hard situation. I, I remember as a bus driver, I would also pray, often pray, Lord, just let the kids act, uh, act right today. You know, don't let them act up. Instead of giving me wisdom for how to respond to them um, in right ways and with a right heart. And, and that's a challenge. That's not an easy thing to do. Sister Ruby. Um, the first thing, did Shea write that note? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot disclose. <laughs> <laughs> And secondly, <laughs> I, had that, I had that problem with a, a sister here, and it was just like that bee. You know, I just couldn't get away from them. And I started to complain to someone else about it. And what I should have did was taken it to one of the deaconess. You know, you're supposed to take it to the elders, but uh, it's, um, the person I was complaining told on me, told about my problem. <laughs> and Donna, Donna handled it for me, but, but that's what we should do. We have a uh, fought with somebody, you know, we just can't handle it ourselves. We should take it to the elders and they'll set it straight. Mm -hmm. And when we take something like that to the elders, one of the things that the elders are going to challenge us to do is, is this a significant issue? Or should you, should you um, be able to deal with this? And, and God is uh, maybe helping us to grow, enabling us to deal with certain situations. <coughs> Think about it. You're going to be a mom. <laughs> You're going to deal with some, some kids nagging you, um, calling your name all the time, when you're tired, when is the time to eat. This is part of the job description, isn't it? And part of that is the job description for us as believers um, to deal with the sin of others, even when we don't, don't change them all the time. To see somebody else with a microphone. I had, well, I still got an issue at work with this lady at work. She, it's a pastor wife, but <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But anyway, I try to avoid her because she's very irritating. Like she, it's just like she continued to seem like she picked with me, but I just thought it was me at first. I was like, well, maybe it's just me. But then I started hearing other people come to me like, do you feel like Miss Joanne is after you? Or I don't mean to say her name, but. I was like, uh, I don't know, I've just been praying about it, because it's just like real, like little petty stuff she would, she'll do at work. So I hate when she come to work, because I'm like, I gotta run. <laughs> Go run somewhere else, because I don't want to look at her. But um, it's just, um, i just been praying about it, like you said, just praying for me, how to deal with the situation, because the lady mm -hmm. is, she's very irritating. Like she, if I'm standing somewhere, she'll come and say, oh, excuse me, I need to get right there, or and I'll move and go somewhere else, and she'll come over there like, 
oh, can I get right there? And I'm like, what is going on? What is wrong with you? But I just, so then, like, or then she'll ask me to do something. You want to go up with lunch, to lunch with me? And in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't. But <laughs> I'll go just because I don't want to act crazy. So I say, okay, I'll go up there with you. Then when we come back, she'll be like, oh, thank you so much for being my partner. And then, like, even with me inviting people to church, it's like, oh, I got all of them coming to my church, so... It's, it's like everything is a competition, and then it's, I, I just don't understand her. So when I see her, she only works Tuesday through Thursday. I'm running. So in, in the morning, did you guys pray with the ladies yet? Did Ms. Riley pray with the ladies? I try to do it real early just so I don't have to have her in the group with me when I pray with the ladies because it's just like, I don't know, she's just like real picky with stuff. Like she was like, oh, I love to hear baby Christians when they pray and little stuff like that. And it's like, this lady is... <laughs> But she's supposed to, she is a pastor's wife, and I just, um, just pray to the Lord to help me in just trying to hold my testimony because sometimes I really can't hold it. My facial expression probably is show her that, like, you irritate me. But I just try to keep on going, but it's really hard because when I see her, like I said, I'm running. And then mm -hmm. some people will see me and, like, they're going to miss Riley. She's running from Joanne. <laughs> but she, like, she'll come in the office and she'll hug everybody and then she'll go out the office and she'll come back in and she'll say, Miss Riley, did I say good morning? Did I give you a hug? And I said, no, but it's okay. But she's just like, no, I'm going to give you one. But <laughs> just, it's just, just pray because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm praying that the Lord will just fix my face <laughs> and just that I learn how to deal with this lady because I, I don't want to confront her right now because it wouldn't be the right, I wouldn't probably say it in a nice way. So I'm just praying that the Lord would just give me the guidance to when to say something to her and what I need to be doing to just, I'm just trying to hold my testimony because I don't want people to think stuff, but I know everybody else noticed it because, I, like I said, I thought it was just me seeing this lady doing this stuff till like two or three other people came to me and was like, is she acting like, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> I didn't really want to talk about it, but it's very irritating. Let me talk about something that comes up on this topic, and it's what I would call group dynamics. God puts us in groups for a reason. That could be a marriage of husband and wife. That could be family with the husband, wife, and children. That could be a larger family group. That could be our church family. That could be your work environment. There are all these different groups that we have. There is something that needs to happen in group dynamics that doesn't often happen and we avoid. <clears throat> and, and so we have different issues that come up. We'll notice in our group, somebody whose behavior is out of line. What do we do with that person? Oftentimes we say, well, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna leave that alone I'm going to let so-and-so work on that, or I'm going uh, I'm, I'm, I'm to let this happen. What should be happening in our group dynamics, in our church environment, is that those things should be checked in a right way. And oftentimes what we see is people who have not had a balance and a check, and when they go off a of balance and unchecked, they never correct that behavior. That behavior needs to be corrected and, and, and done something about. Otherwise, it won't, uh, it won't be corrected or, and, and, and will cause problems down the line. Um, and so 
when, it, when we're faced with that, we, we, we usually go, oh, no. In other words, we know this person is out of line, but now it's on us. Do I have to fix this, or is there something else that, that, that needs to happen? Um, so God challenges us to do that in the right spirit, in the right way, and to gain skill in doing that. Let me give you a biblical example of that. It's, it's, it's a bit of an extreme example, but it's the same dynamic. <clears throat> there was a very powerful man who was out of line. And everybody could see that he was out of line, but nobody corrected him. His name was David. He was king. And the person who corrected him was Nathan. Nobody else around him had either the skill or the courage to call him into question and, I'll use the word, minister to him in a right way. Think about this in a, in a, in a family, in a child environment. When children go unchecked and they, they misbehave, they mistreat each other, and you put them in another environment where they're going to bully or mistreat those other kids and, and that behavior goes unchecked until it's a problem. Somebody in that circle should have checked that. Now what do you do? Well, now you have to check it. And you have to do it the right way with the right skill and, and uh, with the right heart. It's one of the most difficult things to do. But it needs to be done. It can't just keep going unchecked. Particularly when that behavior, that per person becomes blind to that. And... Um, that's the hard part of being um, in church or being in a family. Nobody wants to deal with that person. But if you allow that to keep going unchecked, it, it, it's not good for that person and it's not good for the other person that they will come in contact with down the line. It's just going to be uh, negative things happening. So we have to have the skill. We have to have the courage. Um, we have to have the right spirit to deal with that. We have to also have the wisdom um, of how we should do it or who should do that. It's not always just barge in there and confront that person and tell them how it is. It's, it's a way to do it. And I think Nathan showed the skill that's required in doing that, um, the courage that's required in doing that. Um, and, and, and he did it in, in the right way. <coughs> Another situation didn't work out so well Another biblical example is a very powerful man who had behavior that was clearly wrong. It was unchecked, and a prophet went to challenge him. That man was Herod. That prophet was John the Baptist. Didn't work out so very well. John the Baptist lost his life, was beheaded for correcting or uh, challenging that man in his sin. And so... That's why we, we, we stay away from that. We don't want to get our heads chopped off, literally or figuratively. We don't want to get into that battle. Um, <clears throat> um, but the battle for some of us is non-negotiable. And we're talking about parents. We're talking about teachers. We're talking about leaders in the church. There are things that, that we see that we have to, to deal with um, from time to time. Um, and it will, it will, it will help I'm not saying that that solves all problems. It doesn't. But that's a responsibility that God gives us so that we can teach and minister to people so that they won't keep running into these same conflicts because of their own wrong. Questions, challenges, uh, comments on that?
it was just so much that uh, you know you touched on so far, and it covers so many different areas of our lives. You know, you have the family issues, then you have the work issue, or, or the society societal issue where you got to just deal with people. And one of the things that I've uh, learned in my life is just listen to the words of Jesus. I'm just thinking about just one one passage here. It was a couple of passages, but Jesus made some statements about love and and hating. He said uh, Luke 27. Oh, sorry, Luke 6, 27. That's just a small part. It says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. So that covers so many, so so much. Because I, I, in my own personal life, I look at as an enemy as somebody who's trying to do me harm or trying to kill me or something. And uh, somebody who hates you is just somebody who just don't want to see you get ahead of just doing it like what Ruth was saying. Or, or somebody was mentioning about somebody who's just always trying to do something to to disrupt your life or something. So why would Jesus say those things? First of all, we know he can't do it in our own strength. So as, a, as believers, he's doing that, as, as you mentioned too earlier, is that it's more for the person that it's directed to than for the other person. So how, how do I love an enemy? How do I love somebody who's trying to harm me? You know, how do I love some, how do I do good to somebody who's, try, who's hating me? I gotta work on my own self. So that's what this is, you know, the main thing about situations where you say you can't get along with somebody or somebody has something, that, something that's nagging you. Jesus or God is trying to work on you. I'm telling you what to do, not, what that, not so much for the other person. But I'm not, like I said, I know it's a lot that we have to do. You know, sometimes you have to, uh, <coughs> you know, like I said, I know the easy way to do it is to avoid a person or the situation. But that's not what God wanted us to do, it's not mm -hmm. to avoid is to, uh, first of all, you know, examine yourself, address the issue, and your, your own issues, and, uh, you know, uh, let him take care of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a friend at work, that I used to work with, uh, who said he was a believer, but he had some ways that, like I said, that I just didn't like. So sometimes I would, I would try to avoid him, so I said, I don't want to deal with this today, or hear what he has to say today, and thinking that he wasn't going to change. You know, I addressed it to him a couple times, you know, or just to say something like, you know, man, you know that's not right to do that. But, it, you know, it kept going on and on, you know. But after a while, I saw the Lord change his life, and he changed. Mm. So, you know, you can, you know, like I say, it's, it's up to God to change the situation, to change a person, for one thing. And it's up to God to change us, because he has to change us, too. Mm -hmm. Think about that, that uh, oftentimes we're looking for a solution that God will resolve or solve and what he wants sometimes is us just to be light and salt um, whether that situation changes or not sometimes he wants us to be a uh, constant um, rebuke or reminder to that person you, you need to stop that you shouldn't be doing that even if they don't change we're consistent and we keep on going um, and we want them to change their behavior, and that doesn't always change. But God is, like you said, working on us. Anybody else have a mic? I'm going to go to my next question, if so. Andy? Okay, so I think I may have known know the right answer to this, but I'm just going to get your thought. What do you do in the case where you have, it's potentially the Holy Spirit telling you to be wary of somebody and I'll give it just by giving it the example. So, in the past, there were two young men in this, that came to the church. One was J.H. 
and then one NB. And when I first met them, I did not like them. It was like, I don't like these folks. Like, just, I met them, no reason to not like them, didn't like them. Um, really struggled with, I was like, I have no reason to not like them, I need to accept them, because they're brothers. Turns out, years later, they were not one of us. They was living false, false facades here at church. And looking back, obviously, hindsight 2020, but I'm like, was that the Holy Spirit, when I first met them, telling me, be wary of these people, because they're fake? How can you discern that? All right, try to answer that. Um, I think the Holy Spirit speaks to us and, and, and cautions us, uh, shows us certain things that aren't real or aren't right in, in either a person's character, and it shows them. And um, he may call us to, 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 to confront or to deal with them, to challenge them in certain ways. Um, but the attitude there is that um, how am I going to respond if they don't respond properly? What, <coughs> what is my responsibility? It'd be great if I said something, hey, man, you, you need to notice this. This isn't right. Say, oh, wow, thanks for telling me, and I, I change. I repent. We, we'd love to have that kind of response, but we don't always get that. Um, I do believe the Holy Spirit gives, gives us some insight, and we realize that every person we come across is, is not... Um, is not real, is not serious, is not genuine. And we may see glimpses of that. At the same time, we may see, um, we may see a person that's growing and developing, and, and uh, uh, so we may see them in the infancy stage sort of, of their development. We don't know. We don't know ahead of time how that person's going to develop or grow, but I think our response is, is still the same. Challenge that behavior that's clearly wrong and to be be ready to uh to deal with the different responses that we might get because we don't know what response that's going to be but faithfully challenge that and and do that i think raising kids is kind of like that you don't know what god's going to do with these children that he's put in your charge but he's given you the responsibility to faithfully first of all as a parent to be an example uh to lead the way to show them and then the faithfully correct the things that you see, not knowing how they're going to respond to it. Um, I look back at, at my children now, and I'm amazed how God worked in certain ways. And I'm like, I did not see that. <laughs> I didn't see it turning that way. I was hoping it would turn this way, but I didn't, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't see it clearly. I certainly prayed that that would be the case, but uh, I didn't see it. Um, and so I think what I'm saying is our response is to be faithful, um, and, and consistent in that, and we don't always see a right response or know what response we're going to get, but just be faithful in doing it. Questions, follow up. Charmon, you have a you have a mic yet? Okay. Um, I was thinking, like sometimes <clears throat> when you get down to the personality thing like especially in church it's at least something that either I've experienced or noticed but I think about like for instance like let's use the nursery for example the women get assigned to the nursery and I probably have <laughs> experienced this a long while back but I think in terms like we'll get pit with someone that we normally do not fellowship with we don't normally talk to and I'm not saying this could be personally to me I don't really have issues with anyone like that but mm -hmm. it could be like um, Michelle texts us, like, you're in a nursery with so-and-so. 
And I'm like, oh, I don't really talk to so-and-so. So-and-so, I may not like so-and-so. So-and-so may not like me. But what I've learned or what I try to do is sometimes it's, it's the bigger picture in knowing that we all do have different personalities. I grew up knowing a lot of people don't like me for whatever reason. I may not get along like somebody else for whatever reason. But especially in church, what it comes down to is there, if you look at, like, I mean, we address several different things. Communication is key, dealing with any problems, um, key problems is key and everything. But I always took the perspective of if, if we're doing a ministry, sometimes that might not be that person's gift. I can't force anyone to work with me to do something. Um, sometimes personalities are like night and day. But if we're here together and we're trying to get along, I can't necessarily run away from someone all the time or avoid them at all costs if I don't want to necessarily fellowship with them. But I think, too, we have to think about it hinders our growth or it hinders the ministry if we're like, well, I don't really want to do anything with that person because we're so different. And I think about even sometimes the deacon care groups, um, that sometimes our deacon care groups are made with some individuals where we don't necessarily talk to all the time. Intentionally and sometimes. Intentionally <laughs> sometimes. And I would say personally for myself, like I, I did, I'm the type of person like I do want to get along with everybody, but that's not the idea because you won't get along with everybody. And sometimes <clears throat> that could be for a lot of different reasons, but like for me, I know I don't always talk to everybody on my in my deacon care group all the time, but that's why I try to send verses and let them know I'm praying for them because I don't expect someone to call me up like like they're my best friend per se. But I do think like I want that type of brother sister in Christ relationship if we're if you're addressing like a Christian to Christian type of thing with the whole personality issue that <clears throat> you know we're not you know you don't have to go out to dinner with that person, but if we're doing something especially if it's for the church or you know for to the glory of God that's what it's really all about and all the most of the time you may not like dealing with a person that's a lot bolder than you or more outspoken than you you just have to get it done so yeah I'm, I'm thinking about how we gravitate towards things um, that that don't cost us anything or, or are easy or comfortable for us um, but that's not the way God works in our life. He doesn't always set us with somebody that we're comfortable with. Um, he puts us where he wants us to be, and he does that in developing us some, in some ways. Even in our marriages, um, he does some things to um, um, really help us grow and develop in areas that we, wouldn't, we would maybe ignore if we didn't have the spouse that we had. Um, um, so he's using those things to, to grow us. I also want to think about um, we often think about relationships for our ease and for our comfort. I love to have a boss who, you know, wants to take me out to lunch all the time, uh, talks to me, calls me, invites me over his house. And God is saying, Get the job done. You don't need that kind of relationship to do what I've called you to do. And the same thing for me as a leader or as, 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 a, as a pastor. Um, even Let me put it this way. As a parent, I don't have to be best friends. We, we have a mentality now that says parents need to be best friends with their teenagers. I don't buy that at all. 
Um, God is our friend as we walk in obedience with him. Jesus said to the disciples, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Uh, what he's saying is, I'm not looking for a buddy-buddy system that makes you feel comfortable doing whatever you want to do because I'll challenge you and draw out the best in you in whatever way I need to do that. I'm not looking for your comfort, your ease, your okay, uh, um, or even your uh, approval of me. I'm looking for building in you this uh, the character that I want to build, and I'll use different means to do that. So God does that with us in, in our relationship, and so um, we have to be careful about using relationships for our ease and for our comfort instead of what God wants us to, to do in them. All right. Um, my next question I'll deal with, and we might continue this discussion on later, is it wrong to discipline your children out of anger when we know that God is often angry at the sin we, we commit when he disciplines us? At what point does physical discipline become abuse or abusive? That's a good question. Is it wrong to discipline out of anger? The answer to that is anger is not sin unless it's sinful. <laughs> now that sounds weird, but that's true. Anger is in itself is not sin. God is angry with the sinner every day. God is angry at sin. God will punish and judge sin. Um, and he will judge out of his anger for sin. Our problem is we need to, we don't have the perfect righteousness that God has. So I need to discern when I'm allowing my feelings about something to distort um, my behavior uh, or affect my behavior towards it. So I have to, it's not so much I have to not be angry. I have to be under control, under the Spirit's control, and make sure that the anger that I have is a God-centered anger. Make sure that it's not um, for my own uh, pleasure or, or my own discomfort. <coughs> what angers me? Um, Jesus was upset when he went into the temple and he saw that God was being disrespected in, in the temple. He said, you've made my father's house a den of thieves. Um, and, and he took action. So it wasn't his person that was offended. He was offended at the character of God being assaulted. Um, and we're right to be angry at that. But then, what do we have a right to do? God does say, vengeance is his and he'll repay. So I, I am not the judge that God is. And so I cannot act out his anger and his judgment for him. Uh, so God leads and guides me in that. But getting back to the specific case, as a parent, I have a responsibility to discipline my children. Um, I gauge, uh, am I out of control in my anger? Am I able to look at this for what it is, see it for what it is, and give a correct response to it, a response that's fitting with the action? Like I said, if you see a three-year-old child going across a busy street, you don't say, excuse me, please, John, would you, would you come back? I told you to hold my hand. No, you go and you grab them. You yell if you have to. 
you do whatever you need to do to protect that child. So um, we have we just have this culture of of um, you know um, no confrontation, no yelling, no drama, um, even no anger, no display of of any kind of uh, um, emotion, and and that's not that's not it at all. God obviously displays uh, his anger, but he does it in in perfect righteousness. So I can't say when I'm displaying anger that I'm like God. Uh, I have to challenge myself. I have to check myself. And sometimes I have to have somebody else alongside. Uh, it's, it's helpful for me, <coughs> raising the children, to ask my wife, you know, do you think I went too far? Do you think I'm out of line in that? And she should be willing to give me an honest answer. Now, that shouldn't be in front of the kids, but it should help me and give me a gauge um, um, to, 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 to view my behavior. Um, and a good thing is after you, after the situation has been dealt with, come back and look at it after the, it's all calmed down and you can see what was the right response and talk about what kind of response you would have, you should do, what's fitting for that situation uh, even before it happens and that'll help you uh, engage in that too. But the, the, the short answer is no, anger in itself is not wrong. We just have to make sure that we do not sin in our anger. Ephesians 4 says, um, be angry, but sin not. Don't sin in your anger. It's okay to be angry. In fact, sometimes it's sinful not to be angry. Um, when I look at some of the things that's, that's happened around us, we need to get angry. Um, but not to sin in that anger, not carry out um, not go beyond what God has called me to do um, in, in a proper response in, in that anger. And, and as I said, as a guideline, use, use the people around us that God has called to, to, to check us. That's why we need somebody who's going to tell us the truth and not just tell us what we want to hear. It's good to have people like that. I call them uh, the prophet mentality. They're just going to tell it like it is, whether it, whether it, whether it puts you in, in the wrong uh, light or not. They're going to tell you what's right and what's not right. We need somebody like that in our lives that we can rely on. Tell me what's right. If I've gone too far in this or I didn't go far enough, let me know. Um, and so it's helpful to identify <coughs> somebody like that. And it may be different people for different situations, but if you can identify that, you have a gauge, a helpful gauge for your behavior. Questions or follow-up? We can deal with that. Um, we can go on discussing that um, in the next session as well. But we'll take a few questions. Yes? Really, really short to say, but um, yeah, that, it's interesting that you um, sort of compared the dynamic to how we uh, interact with God. Because although we don't always fully understand what his intentions are when uh, we're going through something where we're being punished for our sin, uh, with kids, they can be really intuitive with feeling that with their parent. Uh, for instance, I know, especially with Aria, she's very good at feeling what you're feeling. So oftentimes when she's being punished, having that anger accompanied with that is more than just, okay, wait a minute, I got this spanking, but also he's angry at me. So my parent who's normally, you know, full of hugs and love and attention, they now are upset with me. So it's not just this pain, it's also this this disconnect now that I'm feeling between myself and my parents. So I don't want that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. And sometimes it's that emotional divide, that disconnect that may have a greater effect, that greater um, long-lasting effect than just a spanking would do. Because a lot of times kids will do things just to avoid a spanking. They'll try to hide it or they'll try to 
you know, lie or try to match what they're really doing. But if they have something that they actually want to hold on to, like, oh man, now, now this anger, I don't want them mad at me. It's, uh, sometimes it gives a little bit more to it. And granted, it differs from mm -hmm. situation to situation, and different situations require different responses. But just uh, speaking about you know, how some kids can be, sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little bit different you know, than just having a physical pain. It can be something a little bit deeper. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's almost heartless to um, have a discipline without any emotion at all. Um, to, it is a positive thing to let that child know that you're angry. And it's a good thing to let them know that in my anger, you don't have to worry about me beating you to death because I love you. But I am going to properly respond to your wrong action and my anger is, is not going to um, get in the way of that or take it too far. At the same time, they also know just because I'm in a good mood today don't mean you're getting away with that. Just because I'm happy today, I got paid today, and things are going well, that I'm going to let that slide. No, I'm going to deal with that. And so you can't manipulate the situation either by joy, happiness, or anger. You're going to get the same right response for that wrong behavior and and it's coming but you're right um they need to they need to to, to see they need to experience um that displeasure uh, of a parent i am not happy with that behavior at all and i'm going to let you know that and i am going to let you know there's some consequences for that um it's not because i had a bad day and and you know the car broke down and my boss hollered at me. no it's because your behavior was out of line and i'm going to correct that and you can count on me correcting that uh, i'm going to try my best to be consistent in correcting that um, each time each time i address it each time it comes up all right um i know our time is up so feel free to touch back on some of these questions as as we go uh, next session we'll try to do this in our evening services uh, to answer some of the questions. So today I got at a few of them and uh, we'll keep going. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time to discuss uh, right responses to your word. We pray that you guide our thinking through your word. Uh, help us to center it on your truth and on your word and your character and who you are, what you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.